Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. I here in Chutzla Aretz, in Galos, you, in Eretz Yisrael, in Ramat Beit Shemesh. Hope you're doing well today. We continue on our journey exploring Reb Chaim Kanievsky's farm, although we've gotten down, in Rabbi Brutt's words, the manuscript rabbit hole. Um, we're actually towards the top, climbing out, discussing what the Chazanish's opinion is regarding manuscripts. We've already done two episodes on that. I believe Rabbi Brat wants to add a couple of interesting anecdotes and stories that he's found about the Chazanish's opinion regarding manuscripts. So we'll get to that. This episode is being sponsored as well as all the episodes on Rechaim Kanievsky's Farm by an anonymous donor, friend, supporter of Rabbi Dr. Brat. Le'ilu Nishmas, Moshe Chaim Ben, Yitzchak David, Mez Neshama, have an Aliyah and all the learning and all the knowledge gained should be an Eloy for his Neshama. We also, we've had a lot of good feedback on Rabbi Brat turning around and pulling out Sfarim from his library, from his piles, and introducing one of them. So if you stay tuned until the end, you'll get another Sefer. We've already done three Different Sfarim. Sorry, we've done two. Today will be the third. We've done a Sefer on Ruvim Margolis, a Sefer on about the Chida, from the Chida, and we've also, we'll be doing a third Sefer this upcoming episode. So, with that long introduction, Rabbi Brat, how are you today? Baruch Hashem. Excellent. Obviously, we have to mention that we have listeners from all around the world. We even got a message this week from someone in Hong Kong. Who listens to the podcast. Amazing. Beautiful. Um, some have a minute to read emails, so I'll just read one email from somebody who sent that he just listened to the new post on manuscripts. The material on Yushami Kachim as a source for Chazinish's reluctance to employ new findings and the part about Rabbeinu Chavana were mind-blowing. Okay. That is an excellent email. And Rabbi Brat, what do you have in store for us today? That's what we're about to find out. We're about to find out. Okay. So first, we've been discussing up till now. Um, we basically, in the, two sentences, we call it the pro-using of manuscripts of Rishayinim and against. The pro is, for most famous, is the Mishnah Barura and Rukhaim Kanievsky. And against using new manuscripts, L'Chaira, is the Shita Sachazanish. However, in a few episodes back already, we, we listed out various cases where the Chazanish seems to have used new manuscripts. Now, I gave in different... Po- the Chazanish is very well known. Besides for writing on Kol Tarakula, literally, um, he also was involved with... Co- the, the fancy word is Pulmasei Halacha, different controversies in Halacha. Um, and some of them um, ended up, because of them, had a schus that tons of Torah were written on these topics. One such topic, which became Halacha Lamaisa, Middle World War II, when the Mir Yeshiva and others were found themselves in Japan, in Shanghai. So it was the, it's the controversy, it's known as the Dateline Controversy. So I briefly spoke about it, that over there, the Chazanish has no problem using new Rishayinim that were printed in more in recent years. So I just found, as I'm looking, the, he wrote a country called Kuntris Yudchashayis. At the Mamish at the end, he refers to it. He refers to the Ravid Shanitvas Miksav Yad, that it, and which I said it's 
came out in the 1930s. That's what I mentioned. So the Chazanish was not hiding anything. He was aware it was a, ma- a new manuscript, and he quoted it with no problems. Okay, now, another controversy that the Chazanish is very famous for, um, it's heavily discussed, is called the Pulmus Hashiurim. What is the correct shear for all different halachas in Shulchan Aruch that relate to this? When you have to, let's say, eat, Mekiddush, uh, wine on uh, Seder night, all different areas. So this is a heavily discussed topic for many years. And the Chazanish also spoke about it. So I said, I quoted then a, a, a quote that is brought down. And this is again in the Chazanish in his Kuntras on Shiurim. He says, he says like this, and he says, where is it printed? In the Oitzar Goinim and Erevin. And we already spoke about the Hebrew Oitzar Goinim. Then the Chazanish answer says a very interesting line before he goes and brings you down what the Goinim say. He says, Even though we don't rely on manuscripts that are, so to speak, just discovered. So in this line of the of the Chazanish, there seems to be a lot. It's a very like every line in the Chazanish, very loaded. Number one is, it sounds like it's an exception to a rule that the Chazanish seems to have said in other places, which we discussed some sources for that. But here, because he feels that this is a gain, this is an authentic piece, so it doesn't make a difference. So I mean, say so even though the Chazanish in the same sentence says Hanim dar dar, which would be a reason not to use it. But if you're certain that it's a chuvas of a gain, then you can use it. Okay? And I quoted this before. So it's a, what the point I'm trying to make out is there's two very important points in these ten words that the Chazanish says on this topic. But more than that, I, I, didn't, real, I didn't realize to the extent um, until I was looking further into this, falling deeper, deeper into the rabbit hole of the Pulmas Hashiurim, which I, I am not going to go into, don't worry. But one in the Pulmas Hashirim, the main players was Ram Chaim Na, author of the Ketzeis HaShulchan, or a whole massive Hebrew about it, and the Chazanish, responding to it. And who gets involved with this? The Stipler. And the Stipler wrote two very, two, three sharp Chiburim about the topic. Eventually, he, pub- he, pu- and he publishes them. And today, I couldn't find, recently, I, recently, I could not find my copy. I luckily was Matzliach and getting someone to get it from Bnei Brak. It's not so easy because you could only get the you could only get the safer at the Stipler's house where his family members still live. And going through this Chibur, what's important relating to this controversy is like this. I wanted to show that not only, if you want to know what the Chazanish held, you have to look at his greatest Talmidim. The Stipler became pretty much after he becomes a brother-in-law of the Chazanish, Mevato Das to the Chazanish completely, he becomes his full-fledged Talmud. In this Pulmus of the Shiurim, where he writes a whole work defending and fighting with Rav Ram Chaim Na, he's defending the Chazanish Hashita. Throughout the work, he's using new Rishayim like nobody's business. Starting with the Gainim, this Chuvasa Gainim that, Rav Kani, that um, the Chazanish brings down from Aitzah Gainim Ervin. The stipler goes barichos on it. He's mefarish called tag shabatag of this tshuva, and he quotes other. He he did his research, mamish in the sugya. You could see he checked up tons of sources and rishayim and gainim, and many of these things are brand new published. What's also interesting is, Lamashal, He's quoting Rabbeinu Chanano, which last week we spoke about. Rabbeinu Chanano, the Chaznish was not so fast to accept. Also on the side of furious masechtus, there's a Rav Nissen gain. Is Rav Haigain. All these were all 
new materials that the Shas Vilna added to the Shas that was not published before from manuscript. For usage of this controversy, the stipler is using it. now, And a lot of this material has in there saw and okayed. But what's interesting to me, what, so if you go through the Sefer Shiro and Shaltaira of the stipler, one will see mamish usage of new Rishayna. One interesting line that I found going through the Schibur is that he quotes Amar Makam from who? His son, Rukhaim Kanievsky. A Farikterishan on the Sugya, Vichain, my son, Rukhaim Kanievsky, in the parish arrived on Tarsk Kaihanim, brings a Girsa, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And he, then he brings another Yidia from him. And again, we see here he's using his, at this early age, this is going back way, way. This is Rukhaim is very, very young in this time in this controversy. Actually, I'm not sure because this Sefer constantly was updated, so I can't say, I can't pinpoint exactly when it was. But anyway, point is that this. The stipler is using the full literature of new discoveries, manuscripts, and everything. Now, what's ironic is like this. The other side, which is more, let's say, if you, to be in a very broad strokes, is the Yushalmi, is the world of, in the, in, of Yushalayim as opposed to Bnei Brak. So Reb Chaim also knows about this Chuvas Againim, and he talks about it by Rikos, and he handles it. And there, at the, in, in the beginning, he writes about it, Kilu, with sources, not to be on it so much. Uh, some chuvas agayim you can't rely on. So it's it's ironic is that the machlekes the chazanish, the chazanish's camp is pro this discovery from this chuvas agayim. Again, they have a massive arichas to explain it. Whereas the other camp, which does rely on other rishayim and all these types of things, but they are taking this go- this chuvas agayim that the chazanish says that nirin hadvarm shein devergayin. Going against it. Anyway, okay, but obviously this is just a very shitheistic way of presenting it. One has to be holding deep, deep in these complex sugyas, but just to, to point this out. Okay, now, with this, we can understand, with this interesting line of the Chazanish in, in his Kuntris of Yashiurim, we could understand a little bit when he said, when Reb Dessler, who says over, I had a conversation with the Chazanish more than once about this topic, and he says, that the whole Makuda was when there's strange things in these in, this, in these Rishayim. But if, let's say, whereas Lamashal in the Sugi Yashiurim says the Chazanish, then he could rely on it. Now, obviously, the problem is like this. We've shown that there are other times that the Chazanish is willing to accept materials from these manuscripts. And as the stipler uses a bunch in the study of, of, of Shiurim. So what is the guidelines? Which reason would I say does the Chazanish doesn't leave us behind a, a, a mafteach to tell me, yeah, if it's near and shame, of course, most of the time they say, almost every time they say, yes, we found this manuscript here and here and we believe it. So what's to get there? When would... It's very hard to know when the Chazanish Lamaisa would say that it's Niran Hain Hain Divrigoin. Okay, this is a Kasha which I never was able to find a good answer. Okay, one last point before we move on is as follows. We spoke about last week is Rabbeinu Hanano that a lot of the time that the Chazanish is saying his material, and we're going to get to one of the stories more in depth soon, when he is referring to is that Rabbeinu Hanano, the way it's printed, in the shas in the shas of uh, Vilna, it's full of mistakes. We quoted one of the lashinas. It's full of teusim bechol daf daf. That's what the Chazanish writes in one of the places where he talks about. It. And I showed you that in multiple places he says such a lashon. So I found very interesting a, a while ago. There was a yid, Rav Yosef Halevi. Uh, Rav Yosef Halevi, he's born in eighteen seventy. And he ends up um, 
he ends up, his father was from Naftali Herzalevi, who became the Rav of Yafo, before Rifkok. Anyway, this Yid sits and learns for a very long time, till I think the 40s. And one of his projects was the Sefer Haaruch. Mir Hashem, I hope to deal with this work um, more by Richos. He wrote a massive work on the Sefer Haaruch. Only Brachas and Shabbos was published. Um, and just two weeks ago, Mechon Ahavet Shalom printed the, the whole work on, on Shas. And what he did in this work, I'm going to speak about in a different in a different uh, presentation, not relating to this, but Amir Tzashem very soon. But anyway, they print, printed his materials that he wrote. He spent a lot of time learning the Sefer Aruch, and what the significance of that is obviously its own story. And he learned Rabbeinu Hanan a lot. So in a piece that he published in a, in, a, in a journal at the time, he finds a piece of Rabbeinu Hanan. And then he says, um, he, it's referring to a piece of Rabbeinu Hananel in Shabbos. And he says, even though Rabbi Shleim Akayin, who we spoke at, was one of the footnoters working for Shaz Vilna to explain this Rabbeinu Hananel, he, he says, Taira, it's not true. And basically what happened is, it was a printing mistake. The, the person who transcribed it, transcribed words that were supposed to be in a different page earlier onto this page. He has some brilliant chap. And then he shows that, so there's lines that got taken, that was supposed to be, let's say, on the Ahmed Bey's, was somehow put onto the Ahmed Aleph of the Gemara, and that was what made it confusing. But if you realize, if you re read it very carefully, you'll realize that there's two different pieces, and this piece is really going on Ahmed Bey's of the Gemara. And so basically, Shas Vilma put it in the wrong place, which is similar to what I'm saying with the Chaznesh. Comes along Bam Levine, who we spoke about many times, Aitzagayim. So in his Aitzagayim, he deals with Rabbi Nachanal. He publishes a lot of materials Rabbi Nachanal, as I've mentioned in other episodes. And he finds Taka, another manuscript in Oxford of Rabbi Nachanal, on this sugya, and it's clear that this Rabbi Yisuf Halevi was 100% right. Basically, this manuscript Nusach that they used for Shaz Vilna, which I said was under the gun, so therefore they took it from somewhere else. But if you but now, now the manuscript came and it showed that it wasn't, but basically this Shvera piece was put in the wrong place. Okay, anyway, I'm just using this to illustrate that there is an, this this uh, this great Yid, Rabbi Yisuf Halevi, made this discovery and it turns out it was true. Okay, this is these are just some side points for the previous episodes. Now, now just to go further, deeper into this rabbit hole, as, as you so beautifully said in the introduction, we're trying to climb out of this rabbit hole. Okay, the story goes like this. Up till now, we're discussing Rishayinim, new discoveries of Rishayinim, so, and what Chaznesh held, and we're, discuss, we're trying to bring documentation from all different places, what Chaznesh held about it. So now, there was another topic, which relates directly to this, which I also devoted an episode, which is the Gersus of the Gemara. When you learn Gemara, and, and there's a, so you're learning a Gemara, and Rashi says, Hachi Garcinam, or much later on, Everyone learns the Gemara, and you see a Bach says, changes a Gersa. The Marsha says, changes a Gersa. What's going on here? Where are they changing this from? They're changing it from a manuscript or not. So we spoke about this, that many times they were not using manuscripts. Sometimes they were. Um, some of them were, some of them weren't. Some of them were never using it. And then we spoke about this major discovery of the Xavia Minchin, slash the Ketukei Seifrim, where... The, the Shas is a manuscript, the early manuscript of the Shas is discovered and published with Ha'aris on many Masechtas. Okay, so at the time I said, pretty much there was no opposition against this discovery. And this is coming out as late as into the 1880s when the Dukduke Seifim dies and people in Galicia, people in Lita, no one is saying anything against this work, pretty much. Okay, that's what I said then. 
all of a sudden, but if you go ask a yeshiva guy something about the Ketukei Seifim, they'll make with the nose automatically, also to look at the Chazanish. And so the question is, where does this come from? And the, and this directly results, it relates to our greater story of manuscripts of Rishonim too. So the story is like this. There's a piece of the Chazanish, which is printed in a few different places. And if you, and, and this is how you see how amazing the Chazanish says something. And we're going to see the background behind this piece. And we'll see if it was even meant to be released to the public. And this created a shita, so to speak, anti the Chibar Diktuke Seifim. And I believe, and I'm going to try to document this, I'm going to make a speculation that he had no problem whatsoever with the Dukai Seifim. Okay, now here, so, okay, now that's the introduction. What's the story? So the story goes like this. There was a Yid, his name was Rabdavid Shapiro. Rabdavid Shapiro was a great guy. He's from, I believe, born in Munkach. And he's born in 1898. Around the year, uh, uh, when he's 12 years old, He's already, the Dark Echuva loves him in Munkach, and he makes his fair, before he gets bar mitzvah, his parents they make aliyah, they come to Yerushalayim. Okay, now there's a book put out about him where they collected materials about him from all different places called Yerushalmer Chasana. Came out a few years ago from a fellow Rabbi Ashkenazi who I believe lives in Beitar. Anyway, this Yid um, published his book, fine, and this is where I got some of my information about the history of this Yid, um, and to get some background in the story. Anyway, not only is this this Rabdavid Shapiro a tremendous Tamil Chacham, but he's also interested in Chachmas Tchuna. He's interested in astronomy, astro, astro, in astrology, these type of topics. Okay? It seems he learns by a great Yushalmi Yid, a Litvak who ends up in Yerushalayim, Saif Yamav, Rabbi Lezikletzkin, who actually did have expertise in this field, but I'm not sure if that's where it, um, his interest came from. It seems that he had his interest ready early on. Okay. Now, there are other Yerushalmi Yidin. You say that he's, he's, a young, he's a young boy when he gets to Yerushalayim, and he's ready he has it. It seems his father was into this topic. His father was also a Yid. And basically, what happens is that um, in the date line, Shaila, there's a famous Yid, Rifta Kashinsky, who's also a Yerushalmi Yid, who's also fascinated by these type of topics. So it seems there are people in Yerushalayim that are interested in these topics. Okay. Anyway, he remains in contact with the Munkacher, the Minchas Alazar. Supposedly, the, the Minchas Alazar, who made a trip and visited Yerushalayim, he only ate from this Rodavid Shishkita. There are Chuvis of his in his Sefer. Anyway, all in all, we're talking about a tremendous, tremendous Tamil Chacham who is expert in other areas besides the regular Shasu Paisen. Okay. Just to understand, the Dateline Shiloh, the famous Pulmus, which we mentioned briefly already more than once today even, um, the Imre Emes said that who should they ask? They should speak to this Rabdavid Shapiro because he's an expert in these areas. So you see that he's a known expert at the G'daylim Holdov on the, in this topic. Okay, anyway, in, in 1938, he, he releases volume one of his Chuvas called B'nai Tzioin, and 1971, is the second volume, and then uh, after his death, volume three comes out. Okay, very nice. So what does this have to do with our story? The answer is as follows. It seems that in the 19, late 1930s, while he was working on this tshuva sefer of his, and various shtick of tire of his, he decided to send a simon of some, a, a, a manuscript of one of his tshuvas to the Chazanish. And the Chazanish wrote intense, intense comments. 
and I, I mean really, really long comments and intense comments. Pages, pages. Okay? And this is talking about, um, there's a massive tshuva that Chazanish decided to, to comment to. However, it's clear, we, we know now, the Chazanish never intended for anyone, especially not the author, to see this. And trust me, when you read these letters, there's no way in the world the Chazanish, who was known for being a very idle person, wanted this material to go out. It seems a mistake was made. Someone in the family, some family member of the Chazanish assumed that the Chazanish did want the author to get it. It's pages. And he ended up giving it to this person. I don't know that this, per- this person didn't publish it. Anyway, um, at some point way back, there's a famous work on the Chazanish of a multi-volume work called Paradar. They published some of the material. Lomaisa, Reb Chaim Kanievsky does publish um, a bunch of letters of the Chazanish in the back of Derech Hamuna. He publishes the whole correspondence here. But if you wouldn't know this, you would never know um, what we're about, what what the Chazanish is angry about in this, about this tshuva, would never have been released. It was released by mistake. So much so that the Chazanish pens him a letter afterwards and says, I'm so sorry, I found out that it got to you. And you have no, you're, a, you're an expert in this topic. There's no reason to care what I say. But then he says the words, and I found this interesting. He says, um, it was never supposed to go out, uh, whatever, even though, um, especially, no one really should know who it is because it's Russia Tavis, everything like that. But then he says, I call me Yada Yisbarach, the Kashalayadvar. But Kitzer, Vaisdukhais Hashem Yisbarach wanted what's in these letters to get out there. Now, what's interesting is, in today's day and age, we have the Chaznish's materials we spoke about. There's already before, there's the Kaivitzigris Chaznish. So they, t- they chopped out stuff and they don't tell you what it's going on. The Chazanish Sefer in Rosh Hashanah has some of the material, and they also don't tell you what it's going on. And when you look at the whole story over here, you see that they cho- literally chopped out pieces from this whole correspondence, which we now have. A few years ago, a fellow started putting out more materials of Chazanish. As I made a joke, the Chazanish has been writing from his cave very a lot, a lot of material. So he put out, a, 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 now it's five volumes called Gnozim Vachuvitz Chazanish. This represents one group of people in the B'nai Brak world of the Chazanish. A different group of people in the base manager of the of, the, of Talmud Chazanish, they put out a sefer called Chazanish Shut Chidushim. They saw this is successful. They said, "What well, we might as well get it." So when they put it out, they did not tell us that it's going on with David Shapiro. I guess uh, maybe because originally Chazanish didn't want the name to go out. So even though the name is out, they held it shouldn't get out there. But it's clear that whatever is said over here, it was never meant to be discussed publicly. Now, why is all this important? Because basically, there is nowhere in the Chaznish's writings that the Chaznish says a word against the Dikduke Seifim, except over here, in this Maso Matam. So, I mean to say, the whole famous Shita that everyone says, oh, the Chaznish's anti-new manuscripts of the Gemara is coming from a story which was never supposed to even get out, which was in a private vikuach with who? With this Rav Shapiro. So, what was the story about? Basically, Shemitah, which is a very important topic for the Chazanish, and especially in the 30s, it was a very sensitive topic in Herod's Yisrael. This Rav David Shapiro wrote a very, very fascinating and uh, what would be called Iluyish piece on the Sugya relating to the exact years of Shemitah with massive cheshbainis in the calculations of the history of the world, a topic that has been discussed, and he, and he came up with Meirdika Chedushim. And you see right away what's going on. When you start looking at the Chazanish over here, you could tell that the Chazanish 
is having, uh, I'm not going to use um, the exact words I really would use, offline, but Bekitzer the Chaznish is getting very, very nervous. Right away he begins, and he starts saying, to say things, he brings a cloud from Reb Chaim to say something so mechudishtik that a Rebbe never said, which is against everything we know, it's unheard of. So basically, we have this massive piece that this Yid writes, which has 85 pieces, at least 85 parts, with Eluyish kite, then Chaps and Yushalmis and Bavlis and Seydoilums and historical stuff and everything. He was, a, as I said, he was a Mayurdik Eloy. The Chaznish is going nuts. He's saying it does not, whatever you're saying. And he, and then the Chaznish, but it's not like the Chaznish says, okay, you're saying your Chiddush, and he leaves him alone. No, he has pages to explain to him the Chashbainis and the Sudya why you're wrong. Okay. Far in middle, you could see that he doesn't like the language he's using. Okay, so this happens sometimes. At one point, you could see that gets another point gets him nervous is the way he talks about the gra. He says some type of line in middle of the conversation okay, about the gra. So says the chazanish, you're referring to the gra bekrirus yisera. It's too cold how you're referring to the gra. Now you have to understand. Again, I'm not saying that this is really what's going on, but David Shapiro is a munkacher. If the Chazanish would have read stuff from the Munkacher, he probably the Minchas he probably would have said the same thing. But says the Chazanish, a famous line, which the Chazanish says elsewhere, different Lashinas are the same thing. So therefore, you, yeah, you got to be very, very careful. And he talks about the kiyosai, the iun ha'omek bechol ha'tayra, going on. Um, and then he says, even and the gra taka he he throws in, yes, the gra argues on shulchan aruch. Even that's a different story. But the point is, you could see from this, he devotes at least a page and a half. Lines and lines, he's getting nervous how he's being mitiaches with the gra and how he talks about Rishayim over here. So, basically, what I'm trying to say is when you start reading this simon very, very carefully, you see we're talking about a piece that's getting the Chazanish nervous. It's not that he said one line in the piece and he relies on the Duke Seifrim, and then all of a sudden, because has the Chazanish, oh, you said something about the Duke Seifrim, the Duke Seifrim is a terrible thing because of whatever reason which we're about to see. The whole tshuva. The halach yelech of the whole tshuva, which the Chaznish devotes pages, literally pages, to going against, he's saying his chashbainis are wrong. It's, 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 it, I'm, I'm not going to say them over because it, you have to really be holding in the sugya, but they are very, very sharp. I'm not a bucky in Chaznish to say that this is the sharpest time of his because I think he is sharp some other times. But again, this was for himself, so it's not really, it's not even fear. Okay. Anyway, so what? But what relates to us? What's negated to us is as follows: the Chazanish over here says at one point this Yid wanted to re- to prove his shtikal tyra. One of his rias was because of a certain gears in the Gemara, a p ksaviad minchim, which is what we know. That's where the Duke Seifrim is coming from. Then he says, says the Chazanish, you want to be medayik and learn up a Gemara because to be medayik and how the Ksavya Minchin has the, doesn't have a certain word in the Gemara. Do you mean to think that everyone who learned this Gemara was not Oymir Amshad in this Gemara? Because one um, cipher, even not only is he being machshal everyone to learn wrong pshat, 
the ksav yad shall be then he says the chazan says in general which is a very key point kisvei yad shall yad be yad harishayinu mustru nafshem aleim vashkechasoi is barach shaloi tishkach tayrim yisrael hegina aleim then he says umishehichlu lehatbis is a gemara when they started to publish the gemara mustru chachmei adar nafshem al zikukai bagaasai to be make sure it's clear and it's properly edited. Vim amnam lefamim nenim eksaviyah lenakis hashibushim that 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 over time came in. Bekitzer he goes on and on and he says you cannot, but um, just because that you found in the ksaviyah minchin that it doesn't have this line, you want to buy ice and you want to go against rishayim and everything. Bekitzer Chazanish is not taking going for this. Then he says chumach eloy reisi tayelis lagiyale emes aydei hagirsoyis shenechapsim hagimhozoyis rakulam tayelis laavis mishpat they all corrupt pshat. Lakemus emes corrupt the emes. Veroyule leganzim shehefsed yeser aleschar. Even though there might be some toyelis, it's worthless at the end of the day. And then he says, um, and then he brings down something to the kikisayfan. Okay, so you see over here the whole thing over here, which became known as the Chazan Shashita, very anti manuscripts. And the Chazan says um, other lashonis also about this further on in this piece is what's known as the Chazanish is piece. Anti So first of all, um, so for, so we're just to clarify two points. Number one, I've quoted numerous numerous times. Shlomi Yosef Zevin, he has a book review about this Sefer Benetzion. And what's fascinating is like this: if you did not know that the Chazanish is what's going on over here, that the Chazanish is so um, sharp against this Chuva Sefer of of this of these Simanim, of Rabbi David Shapiro, you never would be aiming on what's going on in the review of Rabbi Zevin on this safer. You might think it's okay, you know, maybe it's not the most positive review of the safer, but if you read it very carefully and you understand what the Chazanish held, you can understand is that Rabbi Zevin also, who was a Goyen Oilam, and he also picked up and he writes very sharp, but you have to know the Chazanish to understand that context against this safer. He says nothing holds up. All the rias, mamish, are, are not rias. He's specifically talking about the Indian of Shemitah, which where he talks about the ages, and he go and he goes through. It's an unbelievable chiddush, but it's not uh, um, it's not true at all. He enumerates some of his issues with it, and it's fascinating to see how he also was aimed on some of the things that the, the Chazanish spent pages to 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 demolish, so to speak. So here, Abzevin is also aimed on the on this thing. Obviously. Um, Reb Zevin, who also is very well versed in the sugya of of these of these issues, he played out he plays out in the sugya with the dateline. He's written, he wrote a lot about this. Anyway, the point is that when you read this review of Reb Zevin, you also see that already then Reb Zevin wrote a review. He's a tremendous Talmud Chacham. No one was taking away from that aspect, and he he emphasizes Kesher with the Munkacher. But you could see another Nakuda which would not have bothered the Chazanish, but definitely bothered Reb Zevin is that he could that he sees. Shikle um, Zilzel um, in in places in the Sefer against Eretz Yisrael because the famous anti Eretz Yisrael Shita so the Munkacher sees has Ashba in certain language that this Mechaber writes and Rezevin was much more pro Eretz Yisrael to, for lack of a better word I'm using right now but anyway the point is that Rezevin also was aimed on that there's a lot more happening and this is not um, it doesn't stand um, the the piece of the pieces of Tyre these unbelievable pilpul is not 
true and was going against too many things and they could not accept it. Okay, but not neither Reb Zevin or Chazanish is Chas Vashon saying anything against the Yid. This Yid was a Yerushalmayim, a Chashev, a Talmud but he was brilliant in these areas. And some taught, and this clearly is what was getting the Chazanish is nervous. Is someone sometimes someone's brilliant in the sugi, but if you're really really holding the, in the sugi, which the Chazanish was, and you're able to pinpoint all the different things, you have to be very careful. Now. So with all this background, we can understand a little bit more. Chazanish never ever talks about the Kriti Seifim. I don't think, I believe my Ha'ara is as follows. The Chazanish never saw the Kriti Seifim. But what happened is like this, and I'm going to prove it in a moment. We have evidence that the the, 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 the Seifim, how does the Kriti Seifim look? So if you open up a Kriti Seifim, I, hand, I have one handy. It's like this. Let me just show a page. Maybe you can see Okay, so if you can't see, not everyone sees it on the video. Basically, is on the top is, a, is the Gemara. On one side, he has what's called he calls the Nusach Atfus. On one side is the Nusach and The bottom is full of Ha'aris. Now he went ahead and he read the manuscript. What's called Ksavyan Minchim. Now the whole time the Chazanish is referring Ksavyan Minchim. When people talk about the Duke Seifrim, especially people that use it the whole time, they always refer to it, and we have hundreds of cases that the Duke Seifrim. No one says in the Ksavyan Minchim, whatever you say the Duke Seifrim. Especially because he didn't only use the Ksavyan Minchim; he used other manuscripts, which I'm about, which I'll explain more in a second. Now. What happened is like this. In the early 1900s, someone went ahead and made a photocopy. I can't dig it out to show you how it looks. A photocopy of the actual Xavian. And the Chazanish saw that. How do I know this? There's a fellow, Rabbi, uh, not a, he's not a rabbi, he was a, he's a newspaper writer. His name is, Rabbi, his name is Ganachovsky, Dov Ganachovsky. His brother was a famous guy who had to do with the Chazanish, Avram Ganachovsky. Anyway, he told Professor Spiegel, who was Isaac Alarm the Sugya, that the Chazanish would send ta- from ta- the Ganachovskis had a nice library and they were in Bnei Brak, they lived near the Chazanish. From time to time, we would have them look up things for him. They had a copy of the Ksavyad Minchin, means say a facsimile edition of the manuscript, which just has in it Ksavyad Minchin. And and you'll see in a second what, why this is significant. So basically, he sometimes he would have or come himself to look at this Xavier Minchin to see something. Now, we don't, the claim is not the Chaznish is really using it, whatever. That's the point is to the Chaznish was the Xavier Minchin, and that's what this Rosh Shapiro uses. Since he doesn't see something and he builds Viter in his tire that already the Chaznish is having, there's a bunch of problems already the Chaznish has against it. So this was like, not the straw that broke the camel's back. This was another of many tinnies that he has throughout the ten pages. But everyone's, but people are very unfair. They don't publish though the tire part. They just took out this nakuda. The Chazanish was fuming at the whole tshuva, mamish, for the gra piece, for other pieces how he talks. So now, so I'm saying like this: the Chazanish was upset because if someone has a Xavier minchin and he sees something in this Xavier minchin, who said you should rely on the Xavier minchin over the Gemara? Now, you know who agrees with that? The Diktuke Seifrim. Rabinovich never held to print the manuscript alone without an explanation. Because the same reasons the Chazanesh has. It's dangerous. The Chachamim, the Dairis, we learned the Gemara. What does the Diktuke Seifrim do? You open up the Diktuke Seifrim. A Sefer that I told you in earlier episodes has Askamas of all the Gedolim of the time. Uh, not all, but many. He writes out in depth 
how to use the Sefer. He says like this. He say, he agrees with the Chazanesh. The Sefer Xaviad Minchin is full of mistakes. More mistakes than our Gemara. So you're about to ask me, so why in the world should we use the Xaviad Minchin for anything? The answer is, but there's still preserved in here many correct Gersais. How does he know this? Seifrim says, look at my bottom, I have something called Hagais. The Diktuke Seifrim made it his business to track down tons of Rishayinim, an unbelievable library he was able to have in manuscript also. And he was able to aim it on different Pratim de Gemara, but he says, if some, let's say I just find that Xavier Minchin says something, or it doesn't say something, Chas v'shalom, you can't do anything. The Meshech Adairis, this was the Gemara that we have, and everything, without getting into the whole story of the printing press. When do I hold that you could use it for something? Says the Dukkukai Seifim. When now I have six other Rishonim that have this gear saw. So then that then you could use it. So it's sort of, you say the Chaznish was right in his fear. The, the, Rav Shapiro was, I don't know why, I'm, uh, that I can't explain, Rav Shapiro was misusing the Xavier Minchin. That's not how the Xavier Minchin was supposed to be used. The Dukkukai Seifim was never intended to be used like that. It was supposed to be used as a smach with the footnotes and in the beer. I mean, say, you should know the Dukkukai Seifim had a tzad to publish without the footnotes. Then he realized this is dangerous. You have to explain what the chashivas of the manuscript is. A lot of times people have a manuscript. You find a manuscript. And you're like, okay, you have a manuscript. So what? Does it change anything? No, but I want to publish it. Because if it says on the front page, from manuscript, people will buy it. Because there's a mishagas that people have to buy something in the manuscript. So I tell people, is there anything new? No. So then you're wasting time. You're just fooling people. You're basically lying to people because they think they're getting something new. And they're not. So the same thing over here. The Duke Seifim went out of his way to explain the Gemara. So he was well aware of the fears of the Chazanish. So what I'm trying to suggest, and someone might say I'm bonkers, but I'm just I'm just throwing this out there as they say. The Chazanish never saw Diktuke Seifrim. He didn't even know what's in the Diktuke Seifrim. Why he didn't, I have an explanation. Amir Tzashem, in the, in the next episode when we discuss Bechlal, the Chazanish, and the impact it has on Ruchan Kanievsky, and we'll explain also more about in depth about the work Darach Hamuna and other works of Ruchan Kanievsky, We'll be able to understand it more, why he never even sought out such a work. But the Gersais, yeah, Ganachovsky had it. He looked it up, and that was that. And I said, it's 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 ironic to see that the Chaznish was anti-something that no one else said anything. A, a friend of mine, Dan Rabinowitz, found the one of the earliest op, um, times that someone said anything about manuscripts of Gemara, it doesn't even say something about the Duke of was an article in the Apelis in 1914. You look before the before this piece of the Chaznish gets out, there's nowhere, there's nowhere published that anyone says boo. I'm not saying that, that everyone should run and use it. I'm saying is that you would think that someone would be upset about it. Okay, anyway, what's more interesting about this is those files. Is the Chazanish himself, what does the Chazanish himself do? So we have a work, Professor Spiegel um, brings this to my attention in his work and others also. They publish the Haggais of the Chazanish on the side of his Gemara. And you know what he does many times? He changes gear size. Now he doesn't do it based on the Dukuki Seifram or about the Xavier Minchin. He makes suggestions and they collected all of them and it was published. Um, Two times already. The a later time was in 1997. And it's funny is when you read the Hagdama, it says Hagayis Chazanish. So this version, they're not hard, they don't want to handle that it's really being collecting all the gear size that the Chazanish changes not Alpi manuscript. 
These are suggestions in the Chaznish. They say it's mostly his Aoris Amarsham Aram, Kuyadua. The Chaznish was very into that, which we discussed in season one, how much the Chaznish was important from the Marsha. But the point is that the Chaznish himself uses, man, um, makes changes in the Gemara without manuscripts. So, it, so my point is that it's not so much the fear of making the changes. It's the, it, was in, it was in a certain, you have to know the context. In this chuva, in this pulmus, where this Rosh Shapiro was already saying things that was getting the Chazanish so upset and so nervous, getting him very nervous, so to speak. And as I said, Rezevan also picked up about it. And it was playing out Halacha Lamaisa with the years of Shemitah and all these types of things. Such as this could come out of Churva, and then he wants to buy ice and shtickle tire also with this type of thing. So says the Chazanish, Chas Rishalom. You can't do such a thing. But against the Diktuke Seifim, all those tainas, if you open up the Diktuke Seifim in page 16, 17 in Zagdama, he was aware of all these things. The Gedolim, the Shailamashim, they knew this. They said, of course you can't change a halacha. All of a sudden, with Lo you're going to find the, that a Ksav Yad in the, of the Gemara says Aser and everywhere else says Mutter, you're going to change that. Lacha Chas Rishalom says that no one ever thought such a thing. Here was a case where he had a Geshmak Rishnikal Taira, which happens. People do this also. Many, um, without saying any names or examples, a lot of times people have a Shnikal Taira and then they can't, they want to find a hat to hang it on. So they say, oh, and they make a Diyuk in a Rambam. So he was making a Diyuk in a Hashmata of the Gemara of the Duke Yosef, but not, the Duke, mean to say is, it was not an opposition against the Duke Yosef. Okay, now, so this is, um, as you say, uh, just a suggestion, um, and take it or leave it. It is no, I'm not insulted if someone does not go for it. Now, just to conclude with two, three other very short pratim, and that is as follows. But we see from here that there's a certain thing from the Chazanish that, that a Gemara that over the years that Hashem Yisbarach um, um, would preserve, he wouldn't make that people are learning the wrong thing. We see all types of little shyness in this piece that they cut out and they put in Kavitz Igris, that the Chazanish held very strongly that the, what we have, what preserves, what stayed is very important. Okay. Lamaisa, there is another letter in Kaivetz Igris, Gimel, but I'm, and again, they don't tell you what it's going on, and so far I've not been able to locate it, where again, he talks about Gersais and changing Gersais. It's a very important um, letter found in Chela Gimel, Simon Base. Hopefully I'll maybe be able to discover what it's going on and then um, report back. Okay, La- the last Nakudis is as follows. That, which is like this, the we already quoted uh, more than once. Says the um, we're trying to understand what the Chazan, what's the what's bothering the Chazanish about manuscripts. So Lamashal, I, I said the Sri Deish in a letter to Rav Herzog, literally right after uh, a short time after the Chazanish's nifter, he talks about the Shita's Chazanish and he says the Chazanish held she ain't obvious chuvas hagoyin v'sifre rishonim shnim to achar abeis yosef bechesh ben halacha. These are very very carefully used words, um, which. I hope to discuss. But in short, uh, over here we see there's something about the power of the Beis Yosef. That's how the Sri Eish understood the Shittas Chazanish. Okay. Now, to me, Messiah was like this. One of the places that the Chazanish had a whole deal, a back and forth with someone about about the sugya of manuscripts, even though it was a side prat in the sugya, so to speak, but in the end they discussed all different things, was the Chazanish wrote a piece about Klayim and if they know you have to be observed, Klayim or not. Chazanish published this piece. And there was a Yid in Bnei Brak at the time. It was a Talmud 
of Davni Nazir. And he wrote a tshuva on the topic. Um, it seems he, uh, and he had, they had a letters back and forth, him and the Chazanish, on the sugya. Okay, and um, eventually, eventually, we have the whole, um, we have the whole correspondence. We don't, sorry, we don't have the whole correspondence. We have a lot of the correspondence, you know, always the, you get a trickle over here, a letter over there, a paragraph over there, a paragraph over there. And the point was, the Chazanish made a t- claimed that there's no such thing as Bnei Noyach. There's only Sheva mitzvahs Bnei Noyach. Klaim is not one of them. And this is the Pashtus of the Gemara. Okay. Lomaisa, there's Makairis. There's a Shvera Rambam in the Sugya. Always a Shvera Rambam. And then there is literature starting from a Shultis and a Bahag to make matters worse, Ka'inuk literature, a Rabbeinu Chananel, and other Rishayim to start seeing that the case could be made that Klaim, that Bnei Noyach is Nagea, um, Klaim is Nagea for Bnei Noyach. Okay. So they're having this theme back and forth, this Yid, in this Chashav Yid, a Talmud of Davni Nezer, and it's published in a Hebrew of his um, called Zahav Ha'aretz. Anyway, um, what I found fascinating is, in the course of this conversation, he writes back to him, that, so that's where the Chazanish writes, don't bring me rias from Rabbeinu Hanana. Now mind you, in the Pulmas with Reb David Shapiro, just to point this out, at one point, Rabbeinu Hananel gets mixed into the occasion, and the Chazanish has a whole mahalach had explained that Rabbeinu Hananel, it doesn't tell Reb David Shapiro, oh, one second, don't rely on the Rabbeinu Hananel. This goes to prove the sheet that I said. The Chazanish held, if it's nicker to him that a certain piece is MS, then he's going to be mefarshit. So Rabbeinu Hananel, that's what he was. There was also a, chuvis, a, a piece of Gainim that this Reb David Shapiro brought down. The Chazanish doesn't say, oh, don't rely on the Rishayinim. He, he has explanation to say that you're learning wrong shot in this this piece of Gainim. But over here, in this pulmus with this Yid, he says, Rabbeinu Hananel, no, it's full of mistakes, you can't rely on it. Then he says, ah, you tell me there's a sh- the Shultus and a Bahag? He says, the Rishayinim, the Rush and the Tour, L'chayri, they would have seen it, so if they didn't bring it down, then he uses the concept of Halacha Kibasroi. And in the, the Halachilich of this Tshuva, back and forth between the Chazanish, which is published, some of it's published in, in the Chazanish and Klayim, they added in parts, and in the Zahav Haaretz of this Yid, um, the, 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 mater, the materials of the Chazanish, and you could see what's going on is that this person dug up a bunch of Rishayim, the Chazanish doesn't care, he has a way to get out of them. But the point over here is interesting. The Chazanish doesn't say that... Um, well, one, at one point, the Chazanish says a Lashen, which I found very interesting. And it's as follows. So, f- so first I said, Rabbi Nechanano, he dismisses. Rabbi Shultis, he has a way out of. Bahag, he has a way out of. But this person's bringing all the Rishayim. So at one point, this person writes back to the Chazanish and doesn't get an answer. You're relying on a Ritva. When did the Ritva get printed? You don't like the Rabbi Nechanano, but Vasep is the Ritva. This person was aiming on such a point, which I really point out earlier. When do you think all these farm are getting published? The Chazanish says some type of line, the following two, three lines, which also is Mayurdika deep and requires Mayurdika husband. Chazanish is saying a lot over here, which I'm not going to try to even explain. Kimai Rif, Rush, Rambam, Ramban, Rajba, Ritva, Ran, Magim Mishnah, Mordechai, Pirish, Rashi, Vitaisis, the Haim, Hayu, Harabanu, Hamufakan, Shal Dairs. Okay. Then he says some other lines, and then he says, So it doesn't change that you're publishing Kisfayad Hachadashim. That's what he says to this person. Okay. Well, Mai says, I said in the first few episodes, slow down. When exactly 
are these chiburim published? When do you think the Ramban, Rajba, and Ritva are published? It's it's it I means to say if we go like the three day Asia's learning Shad in the base Yosef, that it's t- in, the, in the Chazanish, that it's telling the base Yosef, so then we would have something to work with. But that's not true because the Chazanish is adding in the Ramban, Rajba, and Ritva. You know, we discussed in the first few episodes, these are brand new discoveries, and every Masechta we have an old daf, we discussed the Svarim on each Masechta, we see when these Rishonim are coming out. So, what Vasep is that these are the Messiah, these are not. How does this work? It's a very it requires a lot of beer what the Chazanish is saying over here. And Lamaisa, um, and we'll we'll be masberless a drop in the next episode, but in a different letter, we're explaining with the Shitas Chazanish. So he bring, he actually has a letter from the Chazanish, Rabbi Yaman Zilber in Aznid Beru, and he talks about about the Kisfeyad, and the Chazanish seems to say, that we don't rely on these new materials. And that's a whole different reason, which we'll see what the Tumim says, Amir Tzashem, in the in the next episode. But the point is like this. Um, just to sum up what I'm trying to bring out from the story of Klein. The story is that that we have a pulmus, which the Chazanish says something, but it's very important, is like this. The Chazanish learned up the sugya very well. And the Gemaras, and if you go ask someone, how many mitzvahs are there for Bnei Noyach? The seven mitzvahs Bnei Noyach. Now, what's interesting is like this. There's a Gemara in Chulun that seems to say, and I think it's Sadik Beis, that says that they have 30 mitzvahs b'nei noyach. Right away, over there, Rashi says he doesn't know what, what 30 mitzvahs b'nei noyach. On the side of the Gemara, Rabbi Tzal Ranjberg sends you to Ramami Pano. Ramami Pano tries to make a chesim, what 30 mitzvahs? Okay, but where is this coming from? Lamaisa today, we have, I randomly discovered, um, came across this, this is beyond Siat Shmaya. I was pulling out I have a few copies of the journal called Sinai that came out in 1973. I'm looking at it for a completely different reason. And I see over here, it says, Shloishim mitzvah shel b'nei noyach l'fi r'b shmul ben chafnigayim. And Taka, he has a whole arichus, and one of them, Taka, is Klayim. And as I said, this piece talks about the Shultis, the Bahag, that they also learned up. I mean, say there's other Gemaras. But the Chazanish was aware of the other Gemaras. He, and in this piece, he deals with different things and he says um, it's fascinating to see the Chaznish says um, something of, of I don't like to get into Maso um, Matum with Chachamim nothing ever comes from it Ki ein das bnei adam mishtavois v'shini adasim heim aloroi v'svivus mukdemois yisoides b'chozeis ani shayne esadvarim he basically doesn't, everyone has preconceived notions, and not going to get him, it's not going to help to have an argument. But Lamaisa here, he does attempt on some level to explain in the story of Klein his thing. And I quoted some of his points over here. So he basically had a, a Gemara with some Rishayim, had to learn up this Gemara. So then he said, um, we, he says some type of a Lushen that um, if you have. It's not just Tam, um, um, he, he talks about, do you weigh up to reshine him? The point is that he's aware of all the different things, and he has a, a very good, clear Mahalach how to read this Gemara. It requires Iun Amuk to understand exactly how the Chazanash learns it versus everyone else. And that's when he says, he throws in Der Chagav, his Shittas, about the manuscripts and about which reshine him to use and stuff like that. Okay, anyway, this is um, to basically wrap up and I will deal with a little bit more later on, is that to see that the Shittas HaChazanish and the Sugi is beyond complex, I've definitely not resolved it. I've definitely made it much more confusing than if it was beforehand. But I'm trying to show is that the Chazanish is someone, and I quoted a lot, and the Chazanish says in, in, in 
one of the in the one of the contrasts in the Yud Cheshois, you have to read him. He was talking about Rishayim and other things, but you have to read him Amuk Amuk Amuk, and maybe then you could be Aimed on what he says. And even here, when you put together the whole story, it's very very complex to try to come up with what is the bottom line and to use as Klalim in how to look at these manuscripts. Okay, now. The next episode, I hope to have some Hezber to put in context the Shita Sahazanish. And with that, it will help us get um get at we're going out of this rabbit hole. We've gotten to the top and to go further into what the Darachamuna, the Shita Sahazanish and the influence in Hazar Khan Kanyevsky, Blineder, the next episode we'll discuss all this. Okay. Wow, fascinating. I think this is a record I did not interrupt you and disturb you once. It was just beyond fascinating. So now, we're looking forward, obviously, to the next episode. And I like the way you summed it up, that the Chazanish is Amak Amak Ma'ir. The Chazanish is Amak Ma'ir in his regular Torah, reading his Svarim, are complex. So it's not surprising that understanding a Chazanish Shita is going to be complex as well. Okay, so we're looking forward to getting more of a clearer understanding and some more context in the next episode. Now, for the major reveal, the grand reveal, as <laughs> Rabbi Dr. Brutt is going to turn around and pull out one of the many Sfarim that we get a small glimpse of and tell us what's on store for today. Okay, so this time we're going to discuss a safer very briefly. It's called Emes Liakov. And for us Americans, that is, um, should be automatic. We should know what that is. Emes Yaakov looks like this. This is from the great Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, one of the G'daylim of America after the war, G'dayli Hadar of America. And what this work is as follows. Around Shavuot's time, I've mentioned already, I've confessed openly a few times already, as Chatoyin Imaskir, but I, I do look at the Mishpacha magazine a little bit from time to time, on Shabbos also a little bit. They had a write-up about different svarim um, that are being worked on, about to come out, and they mentioned that there's a, the Emes Liakiv is finished. And I'm like, wow. I email right away. I'm explaining in a second what that means. I email right away the person who worked on it, who was Rabbi Yisrael Kamenetsky, the Enikol of Rabbi Kamenetsky. Is it out? Could he get it already? He goes, no, it's going to be out for Shavuah Sefer, which is right now coming to conclusion today, tomorrow. And talk of the first day of Shavuah Sefer, I was in the svarim store some weird chance, and I, the Sefer came the first day. I said, do you have them, Siakov? Yeah, I bought it. And what is it? So basically like this, Rebecca Kamenetsky, everyone knows. So let me frame the question. Emes Liak has been out for a very, very long time, Alatayra. So what's this big Chiddush that you found new Emes Liak for Shavuot Sefer? Oh, so you're asking very good. So like this, a few years ago, comes out volume two of Emes Liakov on Nach. But where's volume one? Everyone starts asking, where's volume one? It says they found the volume one's gonna come out after volume two. Not so common, such a thing. But they wanted to put out something ready, so they put out volume two. So a few years ago, volume two of Rabyakov Anach. It turns out Rabyakov Anetsky gave Sheer on Nach and they were recorded. And the recordings ended up by Rabnasa Kamnetsky, who gave it to his son, and he literally, with love of the of his great Zayda, he transcribed them. He went through them hundreds of footnotes to understand what they're not probably not such great recordings there's something called tape recorder i don't know if everyone's familiar and he transcribed these um shear so just for context from nelson kamenetsky 
the famous author of Making of a Gadol, which perhaps Rabbi Brad has hiding somewhere in that in that altar of his. Um, we're not going to say publicly. And just briefly, what does volume two mean over volume one? Is it later on in Nach? Yeah, it gets to the end of Nach. Basically, basically, so vo- volume one starts with an introduction about the importance of learning Nach. If people familiar with Ryak Kavanetsky knows know that Ryak Kavanetsky was very into the significance of it. He was also into the significance of learning Diktuk. So in this introduction, he talks a little bit about that. And then he starts going through, say, for Yeshua, slowly, not like three little Haaris and a, and a Shtikal Lambdas, Pshat, Yeshua, Shaiftim, goes on to Shmuel. And he ends off, interestingly enough, with Rambam Malachim. It seems that after he gave the Shiurim, he um he gave Shir on Rambam Malachim. Okay. Now in the I can't cause an avalanche, but the other volume he deals with the rest of Nach. And the record over here. This volume is how many pages? This is over this is almost seven hundred pages. And even if someone's not into Nach, if someone's into Nach, this is excellent material. He, Rebecca, was very into Diktuk. He's into the trap, how it plays out, all these types of things. And sometimes he has long arichos about different interesting things, which as 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 I'm looking, all of a sudden I'll see, wow. And and sometimes he would say stories, and he would put this, this anical, he, he put everything in there. He just tries to keep the top part to be the Tyra part, and the bottom part should have all the side topics and other things. Now, and I, didn't, and I did not know this at the time. And as I start looking through it randomly, I see the end has a tshuva Rebekah relating to a few topics. What, sorry, one topic. Then it talks about um, Rebekah and Mendelssohn. A whole arichos. Rebekah Kamenetsky spoke about it a few different times, it seems. He collects those times and he deals with the arichos. And he has a nice amount of pages. The yachas to Moses Mendelssohn, which I found that to be very interesting. He's confronting it and dealing with it. At length. So, what does he say about the beer of Mendelssohn? Is it ten which volume, which safer? No, I can't. I can't say. I want you to buy the volume. I want him to get business, even though they're not. They're, it's not a paid advertisement. But anyway, it also has a chapter of Rebecca Kamenetsky, a speech that he gave about the significance of history, of learning history. A very nice speech that he gave at a at a Torah Masora convention, and it ends off with a hesped he gave on the Satma Rebbe. And some other materials. So all in all, this is fascinating. Safer, whether you're learning Nach carefully and you want to have a great gadol, such as Rabbi Kamenetsky, to as a companion a little bit, or you like Rabbi Kamenetsky's stuff, Alatayra, his work on Avis. Here you have this massive six, um, almost seven hundred page work that just came out. And that was the work that we decided to talk about today, um, for this uh, Nakuda. Okay, thank you very much. So if you're still listening, hope you enjoyed the little extra segment. And we are wishing everyone a wonderful day. Looking forward to the next episode.